Welcome to Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. In their series, Questions from Prison, Rich and Susan Kallenberg share 14 messages they teach to prisoners and answer their questions from within the walls of captivity. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom 18 years ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Now here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello everyone, my name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. And uh, we are here once again uh, doing, uh, going through our program, uh, Questions from Prison. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of reviewing today uh, Questions from Prison uh, at Folsom Women's Facility where we go in every Saturday and... and uh, Put some questions on the whiteboard and talk about them. And we're also going through a book called what? Steps to Christ Recovery Edition. Steps to Christ Recovery Edition. Yes. And and the recovery, don't be afraid of the recovery part of it, because um, we're all going through some part of recovery from sin. So it's a wonderful book. Uh, if you'd like to get a copy of it, we'd be more than happy to send a copy out to you for free. And you can just give us a call at 916 916- Six four five one two nine seven. That number again is nine one six six four five one two nine seven. And you can leave your name and number. We'll give you a call back, or you can go to our website at Just As I Am Ministries and uh, send us a prayer request and give us the information there, and is we'll that, send it uh, out for you. Just As I Am Ministries dot com. Correct. Just As I Am Ministries dot com. You can go to our website and send us an email. Um, okay. And so before we get going, Susan, would you open today's program with a word of prayer? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we're grateful to have another day of life. We're blessed to be able to speak of your goodness and to um, just rejoice in your love. Lord, we pray that you will send your spirit to guide and direct the words and the thoughts that are are spoken and, and expressed. And, and we're just grateful for all that you've done and, and are continuing to do in all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And of course, once again, the title of of this week is, uh, uh, what we're doing is Questions from Prison, and we're in week 14. And today, we're going to have some fun. Uh, We're going to review what we've we've learned the last uh, 13 weeks. And of course, when we were in uh, in the facility this week, uh, we got to take names of all the girls that uh, graduated the course. Correct. And they will get certificates, right? And because basically, the book—if you—if you—if you get the book, what you're going to see are are 13 chapters, and at the end of each chapter are questions to review uh, the information, as well as a lot of Bible references to go through and and to answer questions. And so we go through and we make sure that the books have have been completed by the girls, and it's encouraging to see um, how things are highlighted and marked up and underlined and diagrams are drawn and and uh, the information is being is being taken up by the women there so it's it's a real blessing yeah and there's a lot of excitement and of course they'll get a they'll get a uh, certificate they'll get a chrono in their file that goes towards uh, advancing their uh, you know that helps them out when they come up for review and these types of things correct but you know the most important part of course is uh, 
they're being prepared for for going out and living life on life's terms this time without uh, engaging in bad behavior to kill the pain. Right, and and so this is a this is a spiritual program that helps. Uh, them to see that God is their great physician, that he's their friend, that he desires for them to um, not only not return back to Folsom Prison, but not to remain in prison uh, with our memories and our, our past and, and who we think we are in our own eyes. That's one of the things we like to remind them is to look at themselves through the eyes of God. Yeah, because we can be in prison in our own mind. We we can we don't have to be behind prison walls or behind bars. And that that was the first um, question that we asked at the very beginning of this series was, what does it mean to be in prison? Mm-hmm. And you know, what kind of things can prison in prison a person that has all the money in the world, right? And they're not in jail, and they're not free. They're in, but bondage. they're still in prison. Right? They're still in bondage, and that's what Jesus came. To set the captives free, you know, the Pharisee says, "We're not in bondage to anyone." He says, "Oh, yes, you are." And so, you know, the the and and sometimes um, we can look at at especially the women maybe in prison or whatever and say, "Well, that's too bad they're in prison." When in, in reality, uh, God has done what it took to get their attention, and I think they're grateful for it. I think so too. They're in taking classes right now, d- preparing themselves to go out there and meet life head on as daughters of the King of the Universe, as princesses now, with their head held high, with dignity, and they're a- they're going to be able to look at themselves in the mirror and be okay with themselves and make rational decisions. And yeah, and think with that frontal lobe, That's and, right. and 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 turn their will and their lives over over to the care of God. And as we go through this this today's program, I hope we get to the there, there's one part. In fact, we can go to it right now. And and that's one of the questions we also put up there was what will prevent you or what would stop you from uh from going back uh once you get out? What 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 would be one of the you know, one of the worst things, and and so we put several things up on the on the board, and of course the first one we put up on the board was uh, was an old saying of ours, and that was uh, that was whom we call Opie, other people. Right. Um, number one number one answer from the women was Opie, right. well, other people was going to get them in trouble, mm-hmm. um, and most of the time. Opie was an old boyfriend or whatever. And, and, and that was, that's their biggest fear. And so as, as we go through, we, you know, we, we all sit there and we understand we've got to do something about this person that's on the outside that can conceivably tear us, tear us out down or, or take us down. So we got to do something about that person while we're in here. Right. We make a decision. Um, number one, are they healthy for, for the direction that we're going in? You know, do we see um, there's no better way to see if somebody is yoked, if you're equally yoked or, or not equally yoked? And I believe that it's really demonstrated in, in somebody who's coming to Christ and, and leaving that old world of drugs and, and crime and everything behind because they're still tied to to the boyfriends. It's or what the you husbands. know. Right. It's what you know. Right. Um, what's the saying? Attach your affections to that which is logical. Mm-hmm. And so we're sitting in there with the girls and okay, right now we all know 
that this guy, whatever his name, for our purposes, we're going to call him Opie, he's got to go. Right. We're sitting here. We're in our right mind. We're in a spiritual discussion. We want to do what's best for ourselves and best for our family, and we know he's got to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what ha- So we have to prepare ourselves here. We mm-hmm. have to make the decision here. Mm-hmm. We're not going to make the decision when he calls and we say, well, let me think about it. Right. It's too late to make or, the decision. Or the day then. that he comes to pick you up, you know, when you're released from prison. Yeah. Did that happen to you? Did somebody sometimes when you got it, sometimes it would happen and then at the the last time it, it I didn't the last I prepared time, you know that's that's what happened I prepared every time that Susan went into jail I picked her up that was from a jail bad thing. it was a bad thing <laughs> every time it was wrong every time, every time but the last time what'd you tell me I said that's it I'm done no, I don't want to see you if you don't get out of here I'm gonna I'm call. gonna call the police yeah that's what she told me. And so I got out of there. And that's when I took inventory. But had she not made that decision to do the right thing, she had made the decision before she got Correct. out. So there was no way I was getting into her life Correct. as a drug addict. There was Correct. no way. In fact, it, she had cut me out completely because she thought I would never change anyway. And and so she had already waved goodbye and said goodbye to me. Mm-hmm. And, and she had to do that. And so that's what we're trying to convince the women in the prison. Right. And so, but, and, and like you said, those decisions are made ahead of time. They're made ahead of time. And a lot of times, um, especially with the women in prison, I think just as we as human beings will respond out of feelings or as we are in those old ruts, it's the decision we've always made. So it's the easy decision. It's our go-to decision. It's like you get sucked into the rut and then you're there and then... It, it, you, autopilot. You're, you're just on the path. You're on right? autopilot. Yeah. And um, it takes a lot of effort and God's strength and God's power to show us, number one, that the rut is wrong. And then for us to be willing to listen and to humble ourselves and say, yeah, God, I, I, this is wrong, but I don't know how to get out of it. Right. We know no other way. Right. So help me to make those decisions today so that when I come up against those temptations, when I come up against those areas of my life that drag me further away from you, that you give me the strength and power now to build up my yeah. fortitude so I'll be prepared. That's the, that, I think that's the importance of this facility, and it's why that I've, I'm sure you and myself have been drawn to help there is because when someone knows no other way and now they can be in a place— where they can be shown the new way. Mm-hmm. They can be shown another way mm-hmm. and they can say, hey, this makes sense. Right. Hey, I can do this. You know, I can let Jesus, in fact, really, all I have to do is let him into my life mm-hmm. and he's going to guide me and he's going to take care of me. And when I f- make a mistake, he's going to forgive me and I won't have to carry this guilt and this shame around and I'll be able to look in the mirror. Hey, wait, wait a minute. Maybe, Maybe this is what I've been looking for. Well, and you know what I think a lot of times, too, is that we can go through those same experiences as Christians, but because we're not, we don't have a blue uniform on and, and we're not locked up in a prison, um, we think everything's physically, fine. We, we go through those same experiences and think, well, you know what, it's not so bad because I do drive around a nice car and everything's good on the outside, but mm-hmm. on the inside... You know, we're like, what does Jesus say to the Pharisees when he says, you know, you're shiny on the outside, but inside you're like whitewashed tombs. You know, it's like death resides inside your heart. And um, 
So I think a lot of times as Christians, we can fake ourselves out to thinking that everything is okay. But when we really look at ourselves and in, in, in the light that Christ is trying to shine into our hearts, that, you know, we just like when he came to Nicodemus. Sure. Right. In fact, you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that because that was actually the high. As we're, what we're doing is we're reviewing the last 13 weeks of questions from prison. And we're, we, we, what we did was, and was, it was a lot of fun, we, we picked the highlights of, of the last 13 weeks. And, of course, uh, the question about uh, what are you going to do when you get out and what's going to be your problems was number one priority. But one of the highlights was the story about Nicodemus, and that is in John chapter 3. And then there's a story of the woman from Samaria at the well in John chapter 4. And let's just for fun, because I think we did it in an earlier program, but let's just for fun go through the contrasts of 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 those two people mm-hmm. and those two encounters. Mm-hmm. And it is fascinating. Those two it, encounters those, with Jesus. Those two encounters yes. with Jesus. Okay. So number one, and first, when did Nicodemus request his meeting? At night. At midnight. Correct. And when did the woman meet Jesus. She met him in the in, in the middle of the day at, noon, at, at noontime. At noon, a total contrast, okay? Nicodemus was rich. How about the woman? She was poor. How do we know she was poor? Cuz she was going to get her own water. She was carrying her own water. Right. So she was poor. Nicodemus was popular. Right, we know his name, Nicodemus. We, Nicodemus, okay? Yeah, and and the woman at the well has no name. We'll, we'll, can we call her Sam? Yes, Some, the Samaritan. The Samaritan woman, okay. Um but Nicodemus was popular. Every, he was a teacher of the Jews. Correct. I mean, there was nobody more respected in the community than a Jewish leader. Right. And, of course, he had influence with Rome. There were, they were working uh, with, with the political side of it. Mm-hmm. And so, so he was popular. And, of course, the woman was an outcast. Now, how do we know that? Because she was collecting her water um, in the hottest part of the in day. In the heat of the day. In See, the most day. women who socialize would hang around the well Early in the morning, when it was nice and cool, cool, right? And she was getting her water in the heat of the day. And she was she, only the only one there. She was the only one there. She didn't want to be seen. Nicodemus was well, well educated. He was the teacher of Israel. Correct. Of course, the woman. We can assume she had no education. Why? How do we know that? Because the women weren't educated unless you had a lot of money. Okay. So now here's the funny part. Well, the funny part. Or the strange yeah, part. Ironic the ironic part. Ironic part. Thank mm-hmm. you. My vocabulary needs an injection. See, I just proved it. Uh, Nicodemus was slow to learn, mm-hmm. but the woman was fast to learn. Right. Jesus says you're a teacher of Israel, and you, and don't, you don't know, know these, these things? things. You don't know that you need to be born again. Yeah. And he said, "How can I be born again?" Yeah. He I... got really confused about right. that, and Jesus was simply saying. You know all of this about the law, but you don't know that you need a new heart and a right spirit. Right. See, uh, uh, obedience in, in actuality is a willingness to listen. Right. It's a willingness to listen. To put okay. aside all your own preconceived ideas and to hear God straight on and yeah. be willing to accept what he has to say. Yeah. And so... so Nicodemus, he's confused about this, but not the woman. No. She listened. Yes. I, I wish that I could have seen the intent in their eyes as mm-hmm. she's watching Jesus tell her about herself and how 
things are starting to well up in her. Mm-hmm. And she goes, this, this, this man is for real. Mm-hmm. This is the one. He knows everything about me. He knows everything. I've waited for someone to search my heart all my life. To, be, to help me to break free of the bondage. Yes. And now it's in the open. Mm-hmm. It's in the open now. I don't and what, have to, what am I going to do? I'm going to run and tell I'm all gonna my go, friends. Yeah. And so this leads us to our next contrast. Nicodemus was embarrassed. Right. How do we know that? Meet me at midnight. Right. Not the woman. She told everyone she knew. Ran and brought the whole town with her. Evangelized, brought the good news, evangelized to the whole town. Talk about fruits. Talk about fruits, instant fruits. Mm -hmm. Why? Because Jesus didn't say, I need you to obey me now. I need you to go in and get that whole town. Now, I don't care how you do it, Mm -hmm. but I need you to go in and get that whole town. That's not what he did. He told her about herself to where the guilt and the shame was relieved, and she could not stand it. She could do nothing but obey and that was to go get everybody and bring them because she had a willingness to listen. Right. It was like a wellspring coming out from her heart. Just like that what he predicted. water, exactly. He predicted that. Yes. And she, she bought into the, yes. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Nicodemus, okay, let's go through it again. Midnight, noon, rich, poor, popular, outcast. Name, no name. Educated, no educated. No education. Slow to learn, fast to learn. Embarrassed, Woman told everyone she knew. Now, that Nicodemus, the story of Nicodemus is in John chapter 3. Correct. The story of the Samaritan woman is in John chapter 4. What is smack dab in the middle between those two stories? Is the verses John 3.16 and 3.17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that... Whomsoever. Rich or poor, popular or outcast... Name or no name, education or no education, and you can go down the list. Whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, when we are able to tell that story in Folsom Women's Facility, it, it, it changes me. Right. Because we're all one. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter what our social status is. It's, it's they're bookends. God will save anyone who and, will listen to him. And I think the thing is, is and I, it, we both realized it this last time that we were in the prison, is that um, the beauty of everything that happens is because of Jesus. It has nothing to do with us. We had someone come up to us at the end of the class and just, I've been waiting for you to come and to give us this message. It's, it's not us. It's who the message is about. Well, it was interesting because she, I mean, tell the story because she said something about she had been through recovery here and recovery had, there and been, prison here and right, this. And, she had been in and out of prison and in recovery homes and, and in and out of programs and everything. You know, God was that good orderly direction, but she didn't know God for the king of the universe. She, it, it was, you know, I believe that those programs have their place, but I think that sometimes they limit the understanding of who God really is. It's so like looking did. at a diamond. God, is, he's got all these facets. Right. He is the gardener. He is the physician. He is the attorney. He's all of these things. And when we paint that picture of God that he wants to make us well, and that if we let him into our hearts, he can do that. Right. It's not just good orderly direction. He's a whole <laughs> lot more than <laughs> just good orderly oh, direction. Oh, he meets, yeah, because, he, and that's the interesting thing too. 
God has met every one of us where we're at. And at, I don't at many times. At many, many times in my life he's I mean, sometimes I think he's gone lower than I was when I was out there because I know better. Right. You know, and I still do things to myself and other people. And but one thing I do know about God is that as long as I don't go to the bottle or the baggie or the anger or the jealousy and I go to him, he's right waiting there with open arms and he will heal me and he will take away the guilt and the shame and just and heal me up. But, but Right, because that Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door, will hear my voice and open that door. I will come in. I will come in. Mm-hmm. I can just picture him there with a doctor's bag. Let me at you. You know, and he's he's the same thing as the picture of the father that's waiting for that lost son to return home. He's not uh, begrudging his decision. What he's wanting is is for a new decision. He's looking down the road for the lost son to come home. He's waiting for his—God is waiting for us. You know, he's he's ringing the bell outside the house, calling and waiting for us. He's calling us to come home. And— you know, many times we're we're always running from him, but he is standing there waiting, okay. no matter what condition we're in, to come to him. What do you think the son thought when dad met him down at the end of the driveway? That he wasn't good enough. And all of a sudden, but here's he shows up and, dad, you're out here. Right. You came I was, all the way. Yeah, again. you came to meet me. Wait a minute. And I was afraid to even go and knock on the door, but here you are. I have the speech prepared, Dad. Can I give it to you? And his dad cuts him off halfway through the speech. I'll have none of that. Mm-hmm. You're my son. Mm-hmm. Let's cover up that pig smell. Bring a robe over here. Nobody's going to see my son like this. Let's take away the shame and the guilt and, the, and all these things that you've been carrying around. You know, let's give you your name back. Let's put a ring on your finger. Let's give you the family name back. You are my son. And a boy, I bet that just blew that, that young man's mind. He says, I thought my dad was a rule maker. No, those rules were, I mean, he's, 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 I mean, he's got rules, but I understand them now. Right. You know, I understand why I go 25 miles an hour in a school zone. It's for my protection and for the children's protection. Exactly. You know, one of the other things that we share with the women is is that we've all been set wrong. We're set wrong. Jesus came to not only set us right, but to keep, keep us, us right. Keep us right. You bet. You And that's, you know, and it's, it's, once again, it's like a doctor, you know. You go to the doctor when you're ill, that's when you should go the most. Sometimes we run from God when we're the most sick. Right. And he just wants to keep us in that right relationship with him and with other people. And I think it's really all about trust. Do you trust God and his promises that he will do what he says he's going to do? Right. I mean, I know the, the biggest thing for me, and I, I think I've said it many times, you've heard it many times, is we can't set a time limit on God's work. Right. You know? in. in Hopefully it's ongoing, it's, right? Well, it's ongoing, yes. but I mean, if I want, if if I've hurt myself and and I and I want it healed, I can't, I can't tell God it needs to be healed in a certain time. You know, I mean, if I hurt myself physically, I cut my hand, and I, Lord, I got to play basketball in a week. It's got to be healed in a week. Well, mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way. Right. It's the same thing with spiritual healing. Mm-hmm. We just got to keep going to the doctor. Right. We have to go and trust, you know, and we can't go to the other doctor. Right. 
the other doctor, the, the other things the quick that fix come in, and the, right? The things that come into our lives that we think are going to heal us, and all they do is just hide and and make the the situation worse. That's that's why they're called a fix, and those fixes can turn into addictions. You know, it's a habit. The definition of an addiction is a habit that controls you. You don't control it, right? And that's what happens when we go to those temporary fixes mm-hmm. often enough. The next thing you know, they become the new, the norm, and that becomes an addiction. And then we don't and then know. We're how, then we're set. Then we're set wrong. Right. So God will set us right and keep us right as long as we continue to trust in Him mm-hmm. and continue to focus on Him. And when we have a problem or an issue, we just like you would want your own child to bring their problems to you. Just it's the same. It's the same exact way. That's right. Do you want to be made well? Jesus many times asked uh, whoever He was going to heal, "Do you want to be made well?" We've been going through the book Steps to Christ Recovery Edition. If you'd like to get a hold of this book, you can give us a call at 916-645-1297. That's 916-645-1297. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Do love them? Can I feel his pain? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose in the series Questions from Prison. There truly is hope for anyone whose life is in addiction captivity. Whether behind walls or not, Rich and Susan are living testimonials, and they've created this seven-step, biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for someone you know, or if you're a member of a church and you'd like to create a ministry in the area of addiction, Rich and Susan can help you get started. Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. Call 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.